0: hello americans hello south dakotans welcome to the dakota rustler show aiming to keep america its citizens and minds free now here's your host daryl root hello welcome to the dakota rustler show episode number 95 can you believe it today's topics include feral cattle kills dementia news china buying farmland and more but before i get all to all that i have two reminders First. It's the first full week in March, and this weekend, most of us will need to set our clocks forward one hour for a daylight savings time. Number two, the show is recorded on a laptop using the Linux Mint operating system. If you're concerned about Microsoft Windows and their invasion of your privacy, you can learn about making the switch to Linux by visiting linuxmint.com. Com. With that said, let's get right on with the show. Number one, a hunter who told authorities he killed and then skinned what he thought were two coyotes later discovered they were a Connecticut family's pet German shepherds. Yeah, I said German shepherds. He has been criminally charged. For the record, the dogs had escaped from a nearby family's yard, and both dogs were 10 years old, so they were fully grown. Keep that in mind. To top it off, he used a crossbow, so he had to have been reasonably close to the targets. Even more idiotic is, how does somebody skin a German Shepherd by accident? They don't even resent... You know, they don't even remotely resemble a coyote. For those of you watching the video, let me put up a side-by-side picture. The ears are a little bit different, the snout is different, their coats are different, and a 10-year-old German Shepherd is a lot bigger than a coyote. In this case, calling this man a hunter, the term should be used loosely. During a hearing in the Danbury Superior Court that drew dozens of people, including the dog's owners and animal rights advocates, the perpetrator from Carmel, New York, said he was ashamed of what he did. Ashamed? You skinned the damn dogs. How stupid are you? (laughs) Police arrested the shooter in February on charges including tampering with evidence forgery, interfering with law enforcement officer, and related hunting violations. You know, if he tampered with evidence, he knew they were dogs. I mean, he skinned them. He had to know they were dogs. Animal rights advocates have urged authorities to add additional animal cruelty charges. The shooter's lawyer called the dog's death an accident, applied for a special probation program that could have resulted in the charges being erased, but... Thank goodness a judge rejected that request on Wednesday. Good for the judge. You know, maybe if it's dusk or dawn, I could see somebody possibly mistaking them for another animal, but skinning them? Only an idiot doesn't know the difference when he goes about to skin them. He was trying to hide things. Number two, a U.S. District Judge recently cleared a way for federal officials to move ahead with plans to take to the air and shoot dozens of feral cattle in a rugged area of southwestern New Mexico, which, by the way, I'm going to be visiting in another month or so. La Gila National Forest issued its final decision to gun down the wayward cattle last week amid pressure from environmental groups that have raised the concerns that the cattle are compromising water quality and habitat for other species as they trample stream banks in sensitive areas. Ranchers had sought a delay, arguing that the potential mass slaughter of as many as 150 unauthorized cows on public land was a violation of federal regulations and amounted to animal cruelty. Well if this isn't the perfect description of a dual hypocrisy. When it comes to wolves, ranchers have no problems with shooting them down from helicopters and eliminating as many as possible, while, on the other hand, when it comes to those same wolves, environmental wackos always oppose shooting these so-called innocent wild animals. So you got both sides doing a flip-flop on killing animals. After listening to arguments that stretched throughout the day, Judge James Browning denied the request, saying ranchers failed to make their case. Much of the debate during the hearing centered on whether the animals were unauthorized livestock or feral cows, as the Forest Service has been referring to them as. Plans by the Forest Service call for shooting the cattle with high-powered rifle from a helicopter and leaving the carcasses in the Gila wilderness for predators to feed on. It was estimated by attorneys for the ranchers that 65 tons of dead animals would be left in the forest for months until they decompose or are eaten by scavengers, which by the way, could conceivably give predators the taste for livestock. So why leave them there? Collect them and feed the poor. Do something constructive with this. Don't just feed them to predators who will get a liking for cattle. In this case, I have to side with the ranchers. Why? Because in another story, it stated that there were... 50 to 150 cows involved in an area covering 850 acres. Now, I'm no rancher, but how much damage can one cow per eight acres, give or take, due to the environment? Anti-meat has gone way too far. Number three. Seven healthy habits and lifestyle factors may play a role in reducing the risk of dementia according to a two decade long study. Being active, eating a better diet, something you always hear me advocate, maintaining a healthy weight, not smoking, keeping normal blood pressure, controlling cholesterol, and having low blood sugar in middle age may all lower the chances of developing conditions such as Alzheimer's disease later in life, according to the research. The preliminary findings included over 13,000 U.S. women with an average age of 54 at the start of the study. The number of people living with the condition worldwide is forecast to nearly triple by 2050, and experts have said it presents a rapidly growing threat to future health and social care systems. After more than two decades of follow-up, researchers have examined health data to identify those diagnosed with dementia. A total of 1,771 women, or 13% of those in the study, developed the condition. For each of the seven health lifestyle factors that they included, people were given a score of zero for poor and a one point for good health, leading to a possible score of seven. The average score was 4.3 at the start of the study and 4.2 a decade later. After adjusting for factors such as age and education, researchers found that for every increase of one point in the score, the person's risk of dementia fell by 6%. So if I calculate correctly, those with a score of 7 would be 42% less likely to develop dementia than those with a score of 0, zippa, nada, you know it. Remember, only you can fix health care, not the government. Susan Mitchell, head of policy at Alzheimer's Research UK, said the study added to overwhelming evidence that by being active and eating healthy in middle age, people could reduce chances of dementia later in life, as I always preach. Beyond being active and looking after our heart, getting a good night's sleep, challenging our brain, and keeping connected to people around us can all help reduce our chances of developing dementia, she added. All right, with that, it's time to take a break. Don't go away because when I come back, more horse sense. welcome back just to do my usual shout out to danheim the provider of all the music in this show they're nice enough to let me use all their music in exchange for a shout out and also to arabelle kimmick who does the voiceovers if you need somebody to do some work for you check out arabelle kimmick you can catch her website at the end of the podcast All right, let's get back into the stories. This is the main one coming up. China buying our farmland. Foreign owned ag land. I'm going to start it off with a quote. The CCP's agenda to dramatically increase its ownership of American agricultural land is an immediate concern and one we will deal with directly on the Select Committee on China. We cannot allow our adversary to have control over our food supply and supply chain. This is a national security threat that cannot be ignored, and I am grateful for Representative Newhouse's leadership on this issue. Unquote. This is a quote from my own U.S. House rep here in South Dakota, Dusty Johnson. Many other comments like those are being made by representatives, such as the aforementioned Dan Newhouse from the state of Washington, as well as others. So, before we fall for this BS line of control and national security threat and China hate speech, just how much agricultural land does China own? Probably not as much as one would think, and Dusty Johnson should know better, being from a big ag state. It turns out that foreign ownership of ag land by all foreign owners totals about 40 million acres. This is out of an estimated 90 million arable acres, or less than 5% that is owned by foreign entities. But before I get into China's share at 5%, let's look at some other countries' numbers. Canada owns a little less than 13 million acres, or about 31% of the 40 million. The Netherlands owns about 12%. Italy owns about 7%, the UK owns 6%, and Germany owns 6% of that 5%. So if you're doing your math in your head as I speak, that totals about 55% of foreign-owned land, leaving 45% of that to be held by others. How much of that does China own? Of the remaining 18 million acres, China owns a mere 384,000 acres, or, wait for it, 4 one-hundredths of 1% of all U.S. total ag land. So, yeah, one twenty-fifth, basically, of 1%, hardly anything. So five of America's strongest, most dependable allies, Canada, Italy, the United Kingdom, Germany, and the Netherlands, own 57 times more than China. So why are Dusty Johnson and Representative Newhouse and his cohorts in ag trying to scare us? For the record, while Texas is no surprise in acreage owned by foreign entities because they are such a big state, Maine ranks second and Colorado ranks third. Why? Because foreign owners seem twice as interested in the natural resources on the land principally timber and pasture, than any potential crop, like corn or soybeans. Hence, our food supply being controlled by China is a bunch of feral cow crap, if you go back to that last story on feral cows. Need more proof? 47% of the reported foreign interest holdings are for timber or forest, with cropland accounting for just 29%. Pasture and other ag uses total 22%. Even if they did hold a large percentage of farmland, who cares? They can't pick it up and ship it away in a bunch of containers. We just take it from them like we did the Indians 250 years ago. If a war, military, or economical broke out between us, we'd just steal the land back from them. Now, I love to hate China as anybody else as much as anybody else does. You've heard me state numerous times on this show, China is not our friend. But facts rarely are espoused, especially when there are political points to be gained. I will not insult or accuse a country of something that isn't true or at least not logically in my mind. As much as I don't want to defend China in today's world, in this case, I must. And that brings me to number five. Nolan Eby didn't go to college and he likes it that way. Eby is an apprentice at the Carpenters Training Institute outside of Omaha, Nebraska and is one of a growing number of Americans who have decided to skip college in favor of high-paying apprenticeship opportunities. I present this story because I am a longtime advocate and proponent of foregoing college and instead learning a skilled trade through apprenticeships. If we did more of this, perhaps President Alzheimer's desire to give away college debt forgiveness wouldn't potentially cost the taxpayers $400 billion, which is over $1,000 per citizen. I didn't want to go to a four-year college and take out a loan, E.B. said. Instead of college, E.B. chose an apprenticeship program sponsored by his local carpenters union. Instead of going into debt to get a degree, E.B. is only learning things applicable to his career goal of becoming a construction manager, which is what colleges should do. There is no reason to minor in something unrelated to what one is attending college for. The biggest bonus, according to E.B., he gets health care and a paycheck while he learns. Learning is mostly done while out on the job site. Exactly what I have been saying for an eternity. It's how I learn my profession, on the job. Quote, I make $25 an hour right now, unquote, E.B. said. Expanding apprenticeships nationwide is increasingly becoming an area of bipartisan agreement among Democrats and Republicans, with more and more lawmakers recognizing that a college degree may not be the best choice for everyone. Mark this on your calendar, everybody. Congress is agreeing on something that actually makes sense. Scary, isn't it? In Pennsylvania, Utah, and Maryland, college degree requirements have been dropped for most state government jobs. In Pennsylvania, for instance, 65,000 state positions are now open to people based on their, wait for it, ability and work experience, not a college degree. The college degree is no longer needed. Ah, I gotta be dreaming as I read this article and put it together. Kircher says her program focuses on blue-collar jobs like carpentry and millwrights, but thanks to virtual reality, other apprenticeship opportunities are emerging in fields like education and health care. Quote, they are given careers with high wages and no debt to be forgiven, unquote. Unfortunately, like all things on Capitol Hill, expanding apprenticeship opportunities in a bipartisan way just can't be done without, wait for it, you got it, funding. So once again, American business owners, to some extent, are letting us down. Companies should be paying for these apprenticeships, not the taxpayers. Fortunately, though, some of them actually are. Kircher's program is exclusively paid for by the local union. So once again, I have to give credit where credit is due. I've never been a fan of unions, perhaps because the only one I was in back in my 20s was completely worthless. But in this case, the union is stepping in and providing something they should be. If they concentrated more on funding things like apprenticeships instead of protecting worthless workers at the expense of the good workers, perhaps they could even convince me they are worthwhile. And with that, it's time to ride off into the sunset. You know the mantra, question authority, and always be free.